Good afternoon and welcome to Chargers Outside Zone. I'm Chuck. I'm Thomas. And today we're going to talk about the 2023 NFL rule changes that are going into play. Yes. Exciting stuff. There's been two batches of them, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, this is a father-son hobby where we focus on the team building for the Los Angeles Chargers. We are not experts. We are Uh, not. We do not talk about gambling or betting, and we stay away from hot takes. Yes. All righty. And with that, um, this was an article published um, by the NBC Chicago uh, branch, I guess. And that's why it has the bears up there in the corner. Uh, These rules changes are coming to the NFL in 2023. This was published on March 28, 2023, after uh, the first owners meeting where the coaches and are in attendance as well for breakfasts and yeah so all, i'll, I'll run that. through these nine really quickly because these aren't the ones that we want to talk about in depth but um proposed by philadelphia permit to use uh number zero that's very nice yeah. for the players so and i think for the los angeles chargers uh third round pick linebacker Dayon henley Yes. Was the lucky recipient of the number zero. So uh, another part of this rule that's kind of interesting is uh, it allows kickers and punters to use any jersey numeral between zero and 49 and 90 and 99. So I think the issue there was you allowed wide receivers and corners to start wearing, you know, zero through 30 or 40 or 40. Anyways. You were starting to limit the number of um, jerseys that punters could wear, and other players wanted those numbers, so they're trying to shift punters out of that and kickers out of that range. So um, another one proposed by our Los Angeles Chargers, make the adjustment of the play clock following an instant replay reversal consistent with other timing rules. Sure. Sure. Uh, proposed by Houston, expand the replay officials' jurisdiction to allow for a review of failed fourth down attempts. Sure. Uh, so if you have a a butt push that fails, yes, you can go to instant replay and and uh, and watch more of that butt push. Yes, exciting stuff. Thanks, uh, Houston. Thanks. Um, apparently, apparently, Houston thought we had a problem. Yeah. Proposed by the com- competition committee, change the definition of a launch to leaving one or both feet. So, assuming a, a defensive player uh, hits a quarterback, yeah, the launch was probably stated as as two feet, uh, but then you you're now able to launch if you just leave with one foot. Yeah. Proposed by competition committee, make the penalty for tripping a personal foul. I'm not sure what it was before, but yeah, I think for tripping, you should get 15 yards, especially since most of the tripping is uh, offensive linemen trying to slow people down uh, getting to the quarterback. Yes. Um, proposed by competition committee, make the penalty for illegal handing the ball forward consistent with other illegal acts such as illegal forward passes. Sure. That, sure. I Someone needs to break that down for me and act like I'm a five-year-old. 
that would be beneficial. I don't know how often this is going to come into play. Is this a little little pump pass thing uh, that you get on jet sweeps and whatnot? I don't care. I don't know. I'm like Michael. Proposed by competition committee, make the penalty for illegal punts, drop kicks, or place kicks consistent with other illegal acts, such as illegal forward passes. I had no idea that there was an illegal punt. Maybe past the line of scrimmage? How often would this come into play? Mm. Proposed by competition committee, prevent the offense from benefiting by an extension of the half as a result of their foul. Um, Hard to believe that this was not the case until 2023. Um, Having an offensive foul extend a half is quite strange. And I'm assuming that this, um, from benefiting by an extension of the half, so does this apply to the end of the game? Who knows? Who cares? I don't. Uh, I don't know. Proposed by competition I, committee. I I think on that one that we just talked about, I think it would be only first half. Yeah. It's kind of the way it reads. Because who, who cares about the end of the game? Well, I mean. It's, the, it's the, almost the end of the game. Yeah, the half should um, should only be extended if there's a defensive penalty. Yeah. The half and the end of the game. But, um, yeah. Proposed by competition committee, clarify use of the helmet against an opponent by removing the butt ram spear language and incorporating those actions into impermissible use of the helmet. Doesn't sound like it um, uh, is intended to have necessarily a different impact, uh, but... Uh, the language has changed. Yes. Sweet. It's like a lawyer's contract. Yeah. The, the language has changed. <laughs> Approved bylaws. So proposed by a competition committee, change the claiming period to Monday for players who are waived on the Friday and Sunday, Saturday of the last week of the regular season. So this is mm. for players that are waived and you're heading towards the playoffs and instead of claiming them on a Tuesday, since there is no Monday night football on the last week of the season. Yes. Uh, that makes sense for those still in the playoffs to get people into the into the into their facilities a day earlier. Yes. Proposed by competition committee, insert strength of victory as the second tiebreaker for awarding contracts. I have no idea what contracts they're talking about. But not I... overly important. I don't know. Proposed by competition committee, adjust the rules for postseason signings to account for standard elevations rules, freeze postseason rosters at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Wednesday following the last week of the regular season. I'm sure that just cleans some stuff up for yes, for GMs. playoff teams. GMs and playoff teams. Approved resolutions proposed by Buffalo. Make the regular season and postseason roster transaction deadlines the same. Change the transaction deadline for Saturday night postseason games to 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. Yeah. Sure? Sure. Uh, Our Los Angeles Chargers are back again. Propose provide greater clarity as to a player's availability for a game. Sure. 
Sure. I think that's going to help us. Yeah. Us more than... Help the fans. Yeah. Well, um, I'm assuming that there's some issues around... Not that we talk about betting, but uh, anytime there's players' availability for a game, yeah, uh, that's directly linked to um, gambling and lines. So we're not encouraging gambling or betting. Like, uh, we're just saying that this is linked to it. I can think of one example. The uh, when the Eagles quarterback mm-hmm. went down. Okay. I'm not saying anything. Don't bet. Don't warning. Don't bet. But uh, when the Eagles quarterback went down, some lines changed. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, you know, what are you preparing for? Yes. And then we have uh, proposed by a whole host of teams here. I think that's almost the entire league. One, two, three, four, five, six. Twenty-five teams. Uh, They all wanted establish one preseason roster reduction date and related procedures. So. In the past, you after preseason game number one, you went from 90 to 80, 80 to 70, 70 to 53. So this year in 2023, thanks to 20, all 25 of these teams, uh, you now go from a roster of 90, okay. one cut down to 53. Wait, um, what? Yeah, so you just go from 90 to 53 all at once. There's one cut. So So one of the things So does that mean all three preseason games you have full 90 man rosters. Okay. So what that does is um that's good. Yeah, it's definitely good for the players, especially players 81 through 90. Yeah. Cuz they then can put stuff on tape. Um, it also helps other players in the fact that um, 81 through 90 are taking snaps in uh, in portions of meaningless uh, preseason game. Meaningless for, you know, the, the starters. Greater, the starters. Um, so it, it definitely uh, pushes some snaps uh, down the roster. Also, to see what they have. Definitely helps out those guys. Um because instead of being out on the street for preseason games two and three, uh, they're still on a team, on a roster. Yes. And I imagine there still will be some cuts and claims um, as a normal process and procedure. It because just, you're, you're not going to carry somebody who's injured. You're not going to carry somebody who you're like, okay, the, he doesn't fit our scheme. It just streams lines the process. Yeah, one one time cut, move on, uh, and then one round of claiming and uh, all that good stuff. So that was what was done in in uh, March at the owners' meetings. What didn't get passed? Uh, the Rams wanted uh, every roughing the passer call uh, challenged. Uh, let's see here. Proposed that the penalty be subject to replay assist and or reviewable by coach's challenge, but it was rejected. So uh, no 
Uh, no wasn't even passer. tabled. Was it just rejected? Wasn't even. I mean, the good part is you're not going to slow down every game. Um. So. The and bad part is. There are some roughing the passer calls that get made that shouldn't have been called, and some that get called that, or some that don't get called that should have. Yeah, that. I think you have the Chris Jones lane setting Derek Carr down on the ground kindly. Uh, That was a big one that people were upset about. There was another one that people were upset. People were upset when Justin Herbert got a roughing the passer call and they were uh, up in arms about it. But anyways, uh, they will not be reviewable, so keeps the game flowing. Okay. Another notable rejected rule was the competition committee's proposal to move touchbacks on punts from the 20-yard line to the 25. So um, that was rejected. There are are also a few potential changes that were tabled until the next owners' meeting in May. The Eagles' proposal for a team to be able to maintain possession of the ball after scoring by converting – a fourth and 20. So this would be similar to the XFL rules uh, for onside kicks replacement. Um, the competition committee's proposal to make fair catches on kickoffs inside the 25 yard line result in a touchback. I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this soon here in this soon. episode. Yes. And the Detroit Lions proposal. And the Detroit Lions proposal to allow for an emergency third quarterback to be active. Foreshadowing. Some upcoming conversations. Yes. All right. So that brings us to the May uh, spring owners meeting in which the coaches were not around. So this was purely the 32 owners. Uh, This is the NFL owner's pass proposal to allow teams to have third quarterback active on game day rosters without using a roster spot. So this was around until 2010. Then they stopped using it. And now it's back. Yes. Would you like to hear the full language of the updated bylaw? Yes. One hour and 30 minutes prior to kickoff, each club is required to establish its active list for the game by notifying the referee of the players on its inactive list for that game. Each club may also designate one emergency third quarterback from its 53-player active-slash-inactive list, i.e. elevated players are not eligible for designation. So you have to carry your third quarterback on your 53-man roster. Yes. Who will be eligible to be activated during the game if the club's first two quarterbacks on its game day active list are not able to participate in the game due to injury or disqualification. Activation cannot be a result of a head coach's in-game decision to remove a player from the game due to performance or conduct. If either of the injured quarterbacks is cleared by the medical staff to return to play, the emergency third quarterback must be removed from the game and is not permitted to continue to play quarterback or any other position, but is eligible to return to the play to the game to play quarterback if another emergency third quarterback situation arises. AKA the 49ers. A club is not eligible to use these procedures if it carries three quarterbacks on its game day active list 
47 or 48 players in 2023. Sure. Yeah, sure. So, uh, this is the Brock Purdy rule. Uh, yeah. NFC championship game. If it was not the championship game, uh, this, this would not be here. Would not be here. Yeah. But since it was the NFC championship game, one of the three biggest games of the year. And this rule's there. And you had Brock Purdy get injured, Josh Johnson get a concussion, and then Brock Purdy play quarterback? Did he? He was I, there. He was, th- he was there in spirit. He was there in spirit. <laughs> also, uh, a running back had to play quarterback for a while. I think Christian McCaffrey took like one snap, but one you know, snap. you took the one of the greatest offenses in the league and diminished it to nothing. Nothing. So, uh, since everybody in the world saw that, you now have the emergency th- third quarterback role in place. Thank you, 49ers. Yeah, so for the Los Angeles Chargers, you would have Justin Herbert. Easton Stick dressing, those would be your first two quarterbacks, and then, and then Max Duggan would be your emergency third quarterback. Yes. I mean, does that really change anything for the Chargers? No. If Justin goes down, uh, things get a lot worse really quickly. Yes. So. But this changes draft wise. I think. Well, I think one of the biggest impacts of this is now um, three of your 53 players on your roster are going to be quarterbacks. Yes. So you're unable to stash your third quarterback on the practice squad and have him be your emergency third quarterback. So uh, some roster manipulation comes into play. Yes. But – but also, um, you kind of have to draft competent quarterback backups now. Yeah, you definitely have to um, you can't, draft well and, and have a good, solid... You can't just sign a Joe Schmell off street, street free agents. Street. I mean, the other thing is, you know, how many bad luck things happen to the San Francisco 49ers... Where Trey Lance gets injured, season-long injury in Game 2. Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured, out for the season. or Turned out out for the season. Yes. Um, Your third quarterback is in. Your fourth – I mean, so they were already at, like, quarterback five by the time this thing happened. Yes. So. But I think uh, Jimmy G landed on his feet. No, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll save that for our early look at the Raiders. How's that? Yes. Sound? All right. So, um, that is the third emergency third quarterback rule, rule is, back. is now in place. And the last rule we'll talk about. This is catching a lot of people's attention. Uh, I mean, everyone's in arms. Pat McAfee's freaking out. <laughs> yeah, freaking. I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, 
people at Pro Football Talk. Everybody's up in arms over uh, this one. Mikey Florio's probably crying his, in his beer. <laughs> and uh, so... Chris Sims is... The button's even tighter. The button's even tighter. <laughs> All right, so... Stephen A's like, oh my God. So NFL owners passed uh, rule to place ball at 25-yard line following fair catches on kickoffs. This article was written by the Around the NFL staff. So thanks to them. Thanks. Would you like to hear the language? Yes. Because it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of lawyer talk. For one year only, amend Rule 10, Section 2, Article 4, putting ball in play after fair catch, page 42. It says here, new language underlined, deleted language struck through, but I think all that stuff's gone. Article 4, putting ball in play after fair catch. After a fair catch is made or is awarded as the result of fair catch interference, the receiving team has the option of putting the ball in play by either a... A, fair catch, kick, drop kick, or place kick without a tee from the spot of the catch or the succeeding spot after enforcement of any applicable penalties or rule 3-10 and 11-4-3 or B, snap from the spot of the catch or the succeeding spot after enforcement of any applicable penalties unless a player on the receiving team makes a fair catch of a free kick Behind the receiving team's 25-yard line, in which case the ball will be put in play at the receiving team's 25-yard line. Note, a receiver may make or be awarded a fair catch in his end zone if there is a fair catch interference or illegal contact with the receiver after he has made a fair catch. Yes. Period. Yes. Um, you I... know that they can run it out. Yeah, it doesn't say anything in here that the player is required to signal fair catch if the ball is between the the goal line and the 25-yard line or anywhere. So nobody has to fair catch the ball. No one. I, I don't know why people are freaking out about it. It is not a requirement. Um, for me, I kind of like the rule. Because the Patriots and old Billy Belichick, yes, he uh, he would have his kicker do some uh, cheeky kicks, and yes. uh, you know, if there's a rule written to uh, diminish a, a Patriot strength, I'm all for it. Yes. So, but most people don't think like that. Yeah, I know. And I'm okay with that. You're probably the only person yeah. that thinks like that. And and just, I'm I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I just I just wanna let you know that. Yeah. So um it'll be interesting to see how many times we we see this in the one year that it's around. Um Albert Breer on the MMQB podcast, he talked about the number of concussions has gone up. From like 10 to 12 to some number higher than 12. Um, And so they are trying to reduce 
concussions on kickoffs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, will this have a, a major impact? I don't. I don't think so. I. Mm, and I don't think so. And either. you hear people complaining about this a lot more than apparently the rule change that if the if the kickoff enters the end zone, then it's an automatic touchback and the ball's not live. How many years ago did that change and nobody said a word about it? Uh, it used to be that yeah. on a kickoff, the receiving team had to field the ball, no matter where it was in the field of play, Yes, to maintain possession. If they didn't, uh, take the ball in the end zone and a defensive team, you know, the kicking team comes down and gets the ball, then it's a touchdown for the defensive team. But now, yes. magically, as the ball crosses the end zone or the goal line into the yes. end zone, yes. uh, now the kicking team cannot recover. <clears throat> but nobody complained about that. Priorities. But... This one is the 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 bridge too far, the slippery slope. So, it, I don't know. People say it's out getting uh, special teams out of the game. I don't see any language well, that's like anti-freaking special teams. Yeah, well... I don't... They see this as a first step to the XFL rules of lining players up five yards apart, which the XFL kickoff for me is terrible. And I would prefer not to see that in the NFL. Yeah. But let's be honest, all the TV contracts are written around quarterback offenses and quarterbacks putting the ball into the end zone. Yes. And it's not really about a special team. It's not I'm, about defense. It's I'm not, not about special teams. I'm I'm so sorry for special team fans out there. But you're not the reason why contracts are written. Yeah. So Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, the, that's what the TV contracts are written around. Um, Matchups. Yeah. We'll see if this leads to a slippery slope or if this is only around for one year and gone. Yes. All right. That brings us to the end of our episode. Yes. Thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode, episode nine of season two of Chargers Outside Zone. Do us a favor. Follow us on Twitter at LAC Outside Zone. Uh, subscribe on Chargers Outside Zone on YouTube. Like this video. Um, please and, subscribe. Uh, turn on notifications. Please, please subscribe. And turn turn on notifications. Yeah. Uh, visit our website at chargersoutsidezone.com. Email us at chargersoutsidezone at gmail.com. And uh, try to join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. Yes. Thanks for being here. Have a great Thanks. week. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.